Hello, we are back um, with another marriage ministry. And today we're going to be talking about relationships and how in the Bible, how relationships were a must and how and how some things never would have happened without relationships, um, how some people never would have made it without the relationship that they needed to get from point A to point B. So today we're just talking about relationships. So why don't y'all come along with us? And so we're going to talk about a couple of relationships out of the Bible just to kind to relate to uh, relationships that we all have, whether it be with family members, whether it be with society, whether it be in the workforce, whether it be with just your husband and wife, but mainly your spouse. So we're going to begin with Lot and Abraham, and I'm going to let Chris... Um, Tell about that relationship, but then I'm going to kind of dispute it a little bit and just show you where we're going with this. So basically, um, when God had told Abraham to to leave his kindred and, and go from among them, uh, he wanted to take somebody with him. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how often that we always do that in life. When God tells us to do something, we want to bring somebody else into it. You know, <laughs> All the time. <laughs> which... In some instances, it can be a good thing, but in some instances, it can be a bad thing. Uh, in this instance, it turned out to be good for Lot. Right. Because his life was saved in the end. Right. You know what I'm saying? He had acquired a whole bunch of things that he normally wouldn't have acquired by himself. And he also had a, a, another chance at life, even though his wife had turned into a pillow of salt. Um, so uh, that's what we're talking about today. We're just talking about the different relationships uh, down through the Bible, so what what do you what would you say that was contrary to what I just said? Well, basically, we're talking about Lot and Abraham as far as the agreement that had to be within within those two to even travel together, to even walk together, and agree um, to not do what everybody else was doing, to not agree with the sinful things that were happening at that time. But the difference is what I want to talk about is that there will also be people that won't agree with you, such as Lot's uh, wife, who turned into a pillar of salt by looking back. And so, you know, there's also a power of agreement and there's a power of disagreement as well. And when you're dealing with husbands and wives, there are some things that you're going to agree and there's going to be some things that you disagree. But then you have to learn how to agree to disagree at the same time. Not so much that you dismiss the other person's uh, perception of what's really happening and what's going on, but that you take account of why a person might think that way, why they may feel that way, why they may even um, look at certain situations in a certain way. And so as you look at Lot and Abraham, you look at the way uh, Lot's relationship was with God, and then you look at the way Abraham's relationship was with God, and then you make a determination of whether or not you're going to walk with this person or you're just going to disagree with this person. And so for me, when it comes to my husband and my marriage, there are things that we don't agree on. But those things that we don't agree on, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. But if it's something that I strongly feel that, you know, I need to be heard and I need to, I need to get this point across, I have to uh, demand his attention in a sense of, look, I need you to understand where I'm coming from, not demanding in a way of you going to think the way I think and you need to know this is the way it's going to be. That's not the approach that I ever want to approach in my marriage. Because at times he will disagree with me and at times he will uh, choose to be silent in a certain situation. But I just believe as married couples, it's okay to disagree. But then there are certain things that 
you have to agree regardless of the outcome, regardless of the situation. If my husband comes and tells me, God told me to do this, and I don't necessarily agree with whatever it is, I'm like, okay, but as long as he said, God said, oh, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to go pray about that thing. And then I'm going to say, okay, God, you're going to have to show me the way because it may be something that God has not revealed to me at that time. And then doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that his decision is not validated. If God said it, who, who am I to be against it? And so that's where I believe, um, our married couples, um, should be able to relate and look at the, um, illustrations that God has given us in the Bible to say, you know, it's okay to agree, but it's also okay to disagree. And not to say that um, silence is a form or of weakness, because it's not. Um, sometimes silence is is the best way to to avoid conflict. Nice. Sometimes silence is the best way because um, you know, because sometimes people don't always see what you see. Some people sometimes people didn't always hear what you heard. Right. So you have to allow them time to calm down. First, they need to take it in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All they, the they way have in. To, they have to gather it <laughs> and they have to process it. Yes. So sometimes you have to be quiet. Sometimes you have to let a lot in the process it, a lot in the prayer about it, and allow God to speak the to, to them about it. You know. Um, can not- I can I say something right there though? Yeah. When you just said that, that reminded me of when you called me and you told me that God said uh, we were going to be moving to Texas, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not right now. We hadn't even done what we were supposed to do here, and it wasn't until maybe a week or so later that God said. When I was, as I was traveling down the road and God said, I didn't tell Joseph about Mary until he needed to know. So in other words, you're going to find out what it is that I need you to do as an individual and together. But just because I hadn't revealed it to you yet, doesn't mean that I didn't say it. And sometimes we believe that we're so deep in God and we, our own relationship is so heavy in God that, oh no, my God would have told me that. Well, in fact, he might not have because he probably would have understood that, okay, if I tell her first, she's not going to say anything. And she may uh, just try to avoid the whole situation. You know, and, and what I've grown to find out is that um, sometimes God won't give you a lot. He won't give you a lot. He won't mm-hmm. He won't give you nothing but a little snippet. And he just, he won't say nothing else. He'll just say, like like, for instance... When he said, all right, go to Texas. He said, go to Texas. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like it was a long, drawn-out, wasn't a long, drawn-out conversation. It wasn't <laughs> nothing like that. He was just like, okay, it's, it's, it's time to go to Texas. And I'm like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I mean, and then you look at Texas, you see how massive it is. You're like, okay, where I'm supposed to go? You know? Right. It's the second largest state. And, and then he told me he was like uh, Fort Worth. And then okay, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, well, what am I going to Fort Worth for? You know, and, and it was just like, it, it was just like little pieces, little pieces he would give me, but it took time for me to pray about it. You know, at that time I was in Puerto Rico and um, I had a lot going on. A lot was going on in life. A lot was going on over there. A lot was going on at home, you know, um, but I stayed in a place in a posture of hearing from God and I stayed in a place of, of prayer prayer uh, so that I could hear from him and everything. But ultimately, it took for me to tell my wife that, look, I'm going with or without you. Yes, he did. (laughs) Yes, he did. And you know what? I was like, okay, he ain't playing. But I believe that's that's how it is. Because if when I really think about it, and God sent us to Columbia, and when God started to show me the things that we would do, I got scared. 
And we were like, no, we can't do that. We can't let that happen. And that was, that's probably why God did not tell me more about Texas because I believe he told me too much at one time and I became fearful or I became um, paralyzed in a sense of, I thought that the people that we were supposed to join, God showed me where the people would leave the church and it necessarily didn't have anything to do with me and Chris, but it was something that was going to happen. And immediately I felt like it was going to be because of us. And so therefore it was like, no, I ain't, I'm not going to that church. I'm, I'm not going because I don't want people to think that we came in and disrupted or destroyed a church or anything like that. And so I pretty much stayed away from the church and Chris was in Puerto Rico the whole entire time. And so, um, it, it, it's a, it's a situation that sometimes God just can't reveal everything to you, but not to get off a subject or anything like that. Um, that's just one of the relationships between Lot and Abraham. But the other relationship was, uh, between Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego and Daniel. And with that relationship, how would you really view that? Well, basically it was, it was Daniel, Daniel had came in and he was like, look, I'm going to take these three guys, but I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them a way of doing things that, that's, that's pleasing in the sight of God, you know? And, and of course they gravitated towards it and then they became better than the rest of the crew, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak. So basically, and it wasn't a fast, it was just a, a, a lifestyle that Daniel had acquired um, down through the years as, right. as he walked with God and everything. So he what he did was impress his 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 way of living on three other gentlemen and let everybody else live the way that they were going to live, you know what I'm saying? And that just that just goes to show you how God would take people um and put you in relationship with people that will help you along the way and help you to advance in life mm -hmm. a whole lot further and a whole lot faster than than they would if they were just staying on the courses with everybody else. And that's a strong power of agreement. In, the, in those times, when you really read the story and hear about the story, it I believe it was much harder to do that then than it would be now, of yeah, course. because there was so much given to them. There was so much meat and so much food. There was so much at their hands, at their fingertips, they, that, they, that they could um, easily touch, easily acquire, mm -hmm. but they decided not to, and they just chose uh, to basically be vegans. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, they already started that, right? But I believe that during that time, it, yes, it was his lifestyle. And his relationship with God was so strong that it was going to take more than man himself to, to disrupt what he had going on with God. But I believe his example of being independent as far as by himself and, and doing things the way that uh, God had instructed him to showed and proved to people that, yeah, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm not going to bow down to your gods. I'm not going to eat your food. I'm not going to do those things that God has not permitted me to do. And what I can say about Daniel is he definitely asked God for his permission with everything. And I believe when you're talking about marriages and spouses and husbands and wives, um, there, I, I don't know how people feel when you say, oh, well, let me check with my wife or my husband, you know, first before I do this or that. And I believe that's a very important, Yeah, it is. I think, I just think it's, it's very important to, to, to have that type of respect. It's not so much of, of, do I have your permission to do this? It's more of, I have enough respect for you to say, 
or to get your opinion on whether or not this is a good time for this or whether this would be best for our family because whatever you do is going to ultimately um, affect your whole entire family, the spouse as well as the children. And I know that they ha there have been some times where we definitely, not sometimes, pretty much all the time, we don't really do anything without, you know, going to each other and saying our, you know, what it is that we want to do or, or how we might feel about a situation. Just like when I was in the hospital <laughs> and um, the doctor gave me some decisions that I had to make and I had to, I said to him, well, let me call my husband first and let us make this decision together. And there were some people in the room that, you know, I knew one of them were like, she going to ask him first. She ain't just going to take care of herself or whatever. But at the end of the day, my husband is going to be the one to have to take care of me if anything happens. And so nobody else's opinion matters at, at that time. And I think it's more of a respect thing. It's not a thing that you have to do in a sense of, you know, my husband owns me or I own him, but I believe that it's a matter of respect and integrity. Yeah, it is a matter of, res of respect and integrity. In fact, um, there were some things that God had allowed me to see. Um, and, and not only did I... I did I not see them as it was occurring, but I didn't see it until like now. I mean, you're talking about like six, seven months, eight months later, ten months later. I, I didn't I didn't see what it was God was doing until now, you know, because um just like the other day, me and my wife we were in there talking and stuff, and I was like, you know, God had got you where He had wanted you. Um, He had pulled you off your job, so not only were you dependent on him but then you were dependent on me and not yourself anymore because you weren't you weren't the one working you weren't the one paying bills and you weren't the one doing this and that but you was looking at me to do it i said in the same respect um i said we wouldn't be where we are now if i had not went to puerto rico because i was still looking at me as in doing everything and God doing it for me, but I wasn't looking that I needed my wife to do anything. You see, uh, there are certain places we can be put and we won't understand why or what was the reason, what the reason, we won't understand the reason for it. But when, when it all came down to it, I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, you know, the reason why I said we need, I said Puerto Rico had to happen. She was like, well, why you say that? No, it was it wasn't a, a financial standpoint. I said because I was still dependent on me, and I was still dependent on just God, but not dependent on my relationship with you. And see, and that's where when you are the head, it's it's not like you depend on your wife to do anything anymore. But I had to find out that it had to be it had to be a togetherness in it, you know. Yes, I was the one paying the bills and everything like that. But when I was in Puerto Rico, I could not do everything that I wanted to do at home. And I needed her. You know, God will put you in a place of need of your spouse when you don't when you when you when you're in a in a in a mindset that I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not that I got to, but it's that I get to. You know, if, if you really want to do something with your wife, if you want to do something with God, it's going to be, I get to do this with them, not that I got to. Because when you come with the attitude of I got to, it's just like something else you got to do. But if you come with the attitude I get to, then it's something that you're cheerful about, you know, but that's all I'm going to say about that situation. Well, I think not only that, it, even, you know, marriages, let me go back to marriages. Not only will you have to be in agreement with your spouse, but you also have to know that there will be people that will disagree. And just like those men that disagree 
with um, Daniel's life creators that did not agree with Daniel who tried to trap him. And the only way to trap him was by way of his religion because that's who he was. That's what he did. That's what he believed. And that was the only way to trap him. And it was for him not to pray to his God for 30 days. Well, Daniel was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I know that um, I have a title. I know that um, I have a king that, that is um, ahead of me or that pretty much is my master at this time here on earth. But because of that reason, I know who is the most high king. I know who it is that I serve. And when you're walking together in a marriage or a relationship or marriage, excuse me, or your relationship with God, you have to know who you are so that you can better, um, serve, serve. And do what it is that God has called you to do, but also do what it is that you've been called to be, your a wife or a husband, because you have to know what that entails. You can't just show up on the job and think, oh, I'm going to wing it. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> you're going to have, there are some things, yes, you're going to learn by way of uh, trial and error, error, but then there's some things that you ought to know that comes with the territory. And so when it concerning Daniel, um, Yes, he had a great relationship with God and he upheld his relationship with God to the utmost and with the utmost respect. But there were some people that were next to him that did not want him to be who he was or wanted him to, to go any further than where he was. And that was just strictly jealousy. Strictly jealousy. Strictly jealousy. Uh, so you have to be careful with that, even even in, even in a marriage. You know what I'm saying? That you don't get... Jealous because your wife is going forth into the things that God has called her into and you're not. Or your husband is going forth into the things that God has called him into and not you. Uh, so you really have to be careful not to get sidetracked <clears throat> about, by your feelings and everything. Um, but there is a relationship in the Bible where... Well, wait a minute. That's, that's easier said than done. I'm, I'm going to be a little transparent here. That's easier said than done because as God called me away from my job, it was hard for me not to be, have a certain, um, to feel a certain way, you know, about you working and about you being the breadwinner, about you being the head of the household, even though I knew that's what your position was, even though I knew God called me to be home, it was still hard for me because that was a place that I never knew. That was a place where I am now the one at home and somebody's going to have to bring in the paycheck. Somebody's <laughs> going to have to put the food in the table on the table. And even though I know that's all of God's doing on the human side of me, I was really struggling with, you know, why does he get it? Well, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And I believe that's where God dealt with me about my identity. I believe that's where he dealt with me is this is what I'm calling you to do. You're to sit home. You're to serve. And he said to me, how can you serve me and you can't even serve your own husband? And that right there checked me. It corrected me, even though it was hard to hear, even though it was hard to, to be exactly what he was calling me to be at that time, because I didn't feel that. I thought I, I belonged in the corporate world and what I was doing was the best thing ever. And that's what it was. It was still kind of hard. So I would say it wasn't, it wasn't so much of a jealousy thing. It was more of an identity thing. And I believe when you have people who don't agree with your calling or uh, what God is positioning you to do, 
you have to understand who you are and you have to understand what your position is as a husband, as a wife, a child of God. And so that you can go forth in all areas. Yeah. And that brings me to uh, the thought about how Job and his wife were. She was not in agreement with Job. She was like, curse God and die. Right. And Job was like, I can't do that. (laughs) But I believe that comes with a strong relationship. I believe anything God tells anybody to do, they're going to do it. You know, and Job just had the attitude where he hadn't done it yet, but I know he's going to do it. So right. I, 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 I just cannot do it. I understand that I lost my children. I understand that I've lost everything that I have obtained down through the years. I understand that I had lost everything, but I still have one thing, and that's the most powerful thing that I have, and that's my relationship with God. And nobody can take that away. Nobody. <laughs> not, not even, even his wife <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I believe that um, your true relationship with God will manifest in every other relationship with either your spouse or relationship with people in general I believe if you honor God and you respect him and you give him his glory then when it comes to people it's nothing And not to say that it's nothing because we still have feelings. We are still human. But at the same time, we know who it is that we fall on our knees for. Yeah, we know who it is that we serve. We know why we are doing this. It's not for us. It's for a a greater cause than us. You know, it's for something bigger than us. Something we are never worthy of, but certainly something we will grow into. Right. Absolutely. And Jonathan and David, there there was a relationship there, um, strictly friends and everything. Uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. and uh, and he went against his own father in order for that relationship to flourish, in order for God to do what he was going to do in David's life. Jonathan basically had to sacrifice his own life, mm. you know, and a lot of people don't see friends as being something um, so serious, you know, friends, yeah. friends are like that other lifeline other than your, your siblings. You know, they're the persons that your best friend is the person that you don't have to, you don't have to love them. You, they're not family. It's not, it's not permitted and everything, but they are the ones that pretty much give you, will help you in life, help you down through life, uh, more than so as your sister or brother, perhaps per se. Mm-hmm. I know because um, I, I had I had a friend and well he passed away in a car wreck and everything but um, my brother was like bro I know you love him more than you love me and I was like well and 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 I felt like he felt that way because when you look at it like I said your friend they were never there they were never in the equation. You know what I'm saying? When you when you grew up, you grew up with your siblings in your household, but a friend was that other person that came along and just not even stole the show, but I believe your 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 life with your friends are parallel with each other. And that's probably what makes them a friend to you. You have similar backgrounds, you can confide in them, you can trust them um until they can be, you know, till they're proven not to be trustworthy. Um, but I believe when I think about the people that I've been close to, and as I can count on one hand, um, those people have really, we've had a greater interest than I would ever have with 
my siblings, whether yeah. it be business, whether it be um, being self-sufficient, independent. And most of the time, they impact your life more than your siblings. Yeah. They have a greater impact than your siblings do. Well, is it because you already know the story of your siblings? Well, I can't necessarily say that. I mean, because you can really know the story of your friend. But it's just, it's something else. It's something that you gave that you didn't have to give, and that's love. You know what I'm saying? Because a stranger, you just decided to love them. You know what I'm saying? Love them and take them in as your own. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. what a friend is. It, a complete stranger that you just decided to take in and love as your own self. You know? But we're more hurt by by a friend hurting us yeah. than a sibling. It seems like it's almost backwards. No, because a, a friend is somebody that you just give your love to. You know what I'm saying? A sibling, you know, you're just supposed to love them. <laughs> I mean, by nature, by nature, you're just supposed yeah. to love your brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? And but it's it's not naturally. It's not basically by nature that you're supposed to love somebody outside of your circle. You know what I'm saying? They didn't grow up with you. Uh, they didn't have the same struggles as you. They didn't do all the things that, um, or didn't grow up in the same household that you did that and went through the same troubles and everything, but they just somebody that came along and you just gravitated toward them. They gravitated towards you and y'all just began to love each other as friends. Yeah. So with Jonathan and David, I mean, where was the connection? What would you say was the connection between them? Other than that, they just loved each other. They didn't want to see each other get hurt. They no. didn't want any each other to be hurt, whether it was by Jonathan's father or not. You know, it was like no matter what, no matter what, we're going to be in this together. And that's how your relationship should be with God. That's how your relationship should be with like your wife. Like no, no matter what, no matter what God, anybody else says, no matter what God, when people turn their backs on me, no matter what they say or do behind my back, no matter what they like or don't like about me, I'm going to do what it is that you said for me to do. Yeah, and that's how it should also be with your husband and wife, your spouse. Uh, it should be like, oh, well, no matter what you think about them, I'm still going to be married to them. No matter what you feel like they should be doing or what they should not be doing, you know, um, I'm still in this relationship. We still got a binded contract. The same way you have a binded contract with God, when you got saved, it's like you was gonna you was gonna do what He called you to do, and you was gonna be everything that He called you to be. The same thing is the same relationship with you and your wife, or you and your husband. <clears throat> You're gonna do everything that you're supposed to do, um, that regards to your legal and binding contract. Uh, <laughs> and I know it sounds crazy when you say a legal and binding contract, but it is. But a covenant. that's what it is. It's it's a covenant. It's it's a legal and binding contract uh, that you said and spoke before God, first and foremost. Rather, there was anybody else there or not, but you spoke before God, and you said that you were going to love them to death, do you part through sickness and health, through richer or for poor. You know, you gave, you made those vows to them. In the eyesight of God, mm -hmm. you know, so in the same token, you're going to honor what you have made a vow to. And that's what I found out that you will, you will honor what you made a vow to when you really love what you made the vow for. Mm. Go ahead, pastor. Don't do that. <laughs> well, um, just like, um, uh, they had a relationship. They also had somebody on the outside of that relationship. Saul didn't like it. No. And, and that's a jealousy thing again. Yeah, because Saul was just mad that David had killed hundreds of thousands of people and he had only killed thousands, you know. And when you look back in the Bible, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did murder come in at? <laughs> Why is... 
Yeah, why would I be jealous of that? <laughs> Wait a minute, but Jesus came from that lineage. You know, right. He came from the lineage of David. Yes, you know? he did. Uh, you know, and and that is that just goes to show that Jesus, even though David did it many, 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 many years before Jesus came on the scene, Jesus came on the scene and did it to the to the devils, to the enemies. You know, he killed off the enemies. Mm-hmm. And the same power that David was given back in those days, Jesus giving us thoughts that same power today. Mm, is, to, to be able to to be able to cast out demons, to be able to to, to send them a flee, to kill them, to 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 distinguish um what they are what they what they can do, to to distinguish who they are. That's the same lineage that is in us. Exactly. When Jesus, when Jesus died on that cross and he gave his life up for hours and he sent the comforter to us, that comforter came with the power to kill and destroy. The comforter came with the power to do everything that Jesus did on the face of the earth through us, to us, for us, in us, all around us. Hmm. Well, let's talk about disciples. Yes. As, his, as their relationship with Jesus. Let's talk about them. Mm. All 12 of them. and they were and they were just like jesus went by and handpicked these people jesus went by and said you you come with me let's go (laughs) let's go but they decided to follow you know the same the same as elisha did with elijah they decided to follow when you look back at the old testament and you look at the new testament some of the same things that happened then in the old testament happened right there in the new testament Right. A lot of the things weren't so far apart. Right. You know, and the same way Abraham had to sacrifice the life of Isaac for the Lord, mm. the same way the the same way God had to sacrifice the life of Jesus, you know, but God didn't allow Abraham to go through with it because right. he had a lamb in the bush. The same way God had a lamb mm. which was Jesus. Say so. You know, we Come on. we <laughs> I'm sorry, I just messed up your flow. Go ahead. <laughs> so we can't we can't be uh so complacent with everything that God has given us that we miss what God is wanting to do through us or wanting to do with us. You know, and that's that's where you look at the disciples and you like, okay, how did they walk with Jesus and how did they how does Jesus do all this teaching? And when he left them, they seemed to stop. They they were paralyzed right there in their tracks. You like, well, how how could this be? You know, when you look at Peter, he he ended up walking on water, but then he ended up sinking because he took his eyes off the prize. The same thing you have to be careful with is taking mm. your eyes off the prize. The same way that Peter was walking on that water, the same way you will be walking on the water in your relationship with God, the same way you'll be walking on the water in your relationship with your spouse. Y'all can be walking on water, but then you can take your eyes off the prize and, and mess around and sink. And, and then you'll fall into diverse troubles in your marriage. But if you keep your, if you stay focused on God, if you stay focused on your marriage, if you stay focused on those things, then you don't have to worry about sinking because there's always going to be a raft. There's always going to be a lifeline between you and God to get it right. There's always going to be a, there was always going to be a line of communication between you and your spouse to keep it correct. You know, there's Mm. always, there's always, God has already made in a way of escape. You know, he has already built the bridge over the water. You know what I'm saying? All you have to do is stay in that posture, stay in that position 
and, and don't move out of it because your relationship with your spouse is just like a parallel relationship with you and God. It's always going to be as strong as you make it. It's always going to be as more, it's always going to be as satisfying as your conversation. It's always going to be as say in the instance, if, if you continuously lift weights on a constant basis, you'll continuously gain muscle on a constant basis. Or you would continuously keep the same strength that you have. But when you stop lifting weights, mm -hmm. then the muscle begins to deteriorate. The muscle begins to, to fall off, begins to relax. And mm -hmm. then you, you, you end up looking flabby. <laughs> <laughs> but as, yeah, long, as, long as, as long as you stay in, in that, in, in that um, as long as you stay in that posture, as long as you stay in that position, then the more you'll grow. The same thing is with your relationship. The more conversation you have with your spouse, the more y'all will grow. The more conversation that you have with God in prayer, the more y'all will grow. The more you fast, the more you'll elevate. The more you do all these things that, that depict what you do for God and what you do with God and what you do for your spouse and what you do with your spouse will cause both of the relationships to grow parallel to one another. But that, that's, all I, that's all I'm saying <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, the disciples, they came to do what it was that God had commissioned them to do. And they did not veer from it. Even though they got scared when Jesus was put on the cross, you know, they didn't stop. You know, it looked like they were going to stop, but well, they didn't. They, well, they did um, run away. They, they, did. Were, they weren't there. They were, the, they were scared. Right. They didn't know. They didn't understand it. Right. See, they they were left with a with a church that Jesus had not fully explained to them. Right. Jesus got them to a place they had they had done healed, they had already healed people, they had already laid hands, they had done all these things, cast out demons and done all these other things, but Jesus had not fully explained church to them. He taught them and and they were knowledgeable in his teaching. Mm. But he had left with an unexplained church. Mm. So the disciples, after they had gathered themselves, after Jesus had rose and had risen from the grave and he had came back to talk with them, you know, back on that road to Damascus, I tell you. <laughs> but I think that comes with there there's fear that comes in relationships. There's fear of being hurt. There's fear of being betrayed, deceived, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually. In every area. But nine times out of ten, the reason you fear is because this has already happened. And you said that to say what? It has already happened. The only reason you fear a relationship failing is because a relationship has already failed. The only reason you fear something uh, going left field instead of staying right all the way is because it has already happened. And I understand that in, in our lives that we have, we have, we have lost some things which causes us to be leery of losing things. You know, mm -hmm. you know, just like in relationships, we have lost relationships, which causes us to be leery of relationships, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's why maybe some of our relationships with God is not where it should be, or some of our relationships with our spouse is not where it should be because mm -hmm. of the things that we had already lost previous to where we are now. But we can't be worried about what we're going to lose or what we have already lost because if God gave it, I'm sure, I am sure, that he is able to keep it. I'm sure he's able to keep that relationship in the perfect standing that it is in. But I have to I have to say that I take my hat off to the disciples because when you read it now, some things you you would yourself be like, what in the world did I get myself into? Okay? 
<laughs> regardless of how many times you've seen it, regardless of um, all the great things Jesus was doing at that time, I'm quite sure the visual side of all of it could have been and should have been terrifying. To say, I left my job for this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you looking at two people that right. owned a fishing company. They basically owned a fishing company. Jesus came and said, look, cash your nets on the other side. What? <laughs> and then they pulled in harvest that they ain't have room enough to receive. Same way God said, given, it shall be given to you. Good measure, shaking down, press forth, and running together. And shit, great guy. And running over. And running over. Shall he cause men to give unto your bosom? They were given those fish. Jesus gave them those fish. You know, in the same way Jesus gave those gave them those fish after even they toiled all night. That's what you have to look at. You have to look at that they toiled all night. All night they've been to do fishing it themselves. all night. They've been fishing all night and still didn't get anything. But the next morning when Jesus showed up on the scene, they got everything they needed plus more. That's the same thing Jesus would do in our lives. He he will let us do all that we can do. And when we and then when we come to the realization we can't do it no more, Jesus step in the scene, Jesus give us all that we need and more. Amen. It's just a relationship. It's all about the relationship. How strong is your relationship with your spouse? How strong is your relationship with God? You know, I think the, the relationship part with God, um, everybody's relationship starts out differently. Okay. Um, how you became to know God for yourself and how I became to know God for myself is, is kind of different. But, but I think it's but, all in the same But though. we were all, we were, we were all at the, our lowest point. Well, I wouldn't say at our lowest point, but we were all in a place of need. Yeah. And I think that is where relationship grows, in a place of need. Because as long as we don't need anything, we won't ask for anything. Right, right. As long as we don't have to, we won't. Right. You can, you can and, say that. And again. that's and that's even with with certain circumstances in marriages. Some mar some married couples will never cross a bridge until they have to. Mm. Some things will never be talked about. Until it's an absolute must. Until it's too late. Some things will never be said until they have to be said. And then it's almost too late. So how do you how do you get to that place before it gets to it's too late? Everybody has a vision. Everybody has a visual of how things are going to happen. You know, some people see things in the moment. Some people see things ahead. As mm -hmm. in my wife, she see things ahead. I see things in the moment. I live in the moment. Yes, he does. I live in the moment. <clears throat> Some people say that's good. Some people say that's bad. But I have to be. I have to be in it. I have to. I have to. I have to feel it. I have to be touched by the infirmities of whatever it is, you know, in order to really grasp and 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 obtain what it is. That, I, that I'm seeing, that I'm going through, that I'm feeling. Some people, they see it before it happened, and then they, they, try to, they try to compensate for it. And in some instances, in our lives as a married couple, we have seen where uh, seeing it ahead of time mm -hmm. hinders <laughs> yeah. the moment. Yes. You see? So yes. it's, 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 it's about maturity. It's about growing into your visions. It's about, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I know it's a lot, but <laughs> you really have, we, ha we as a people have to get there. We have to get there. We have to get to an agreement, but we have to be in agreement with God first before we can be in agreement with anybody else. Because if I am not in agreement with God, 
I can never be in agreement with my husband because he's going to do what God tells him to do. And he's going to be what God tells him to be. And as he's doing those things, God would have to deal with me until I became into agreement and vice versa. But I believe that the power of agreement is so strong. It is. And if you're married, you already have somebody that you can agree with. You already have somebody that's right by your side, that's there with you day in, day out. And if y'all can agree on, if y'all can agree on one thing and stick it out until the end, and that's even your marriage. If you can agree on your marriage and stick that out until the end, I understand it comes with, with some drawbacks. Trust me. I know. I understand that it comes with heartache, headache. I understand that it comes with all those things that you don't want to deal with. The same way your relationship with God, it will come to things that you don't want to deal with, come to things that you don't want to do. But you know for yourself that there are things that you must do right. in order to get to your next. The same way it's going to be in your relationship. There are things that you're going to have to deal with in order to get to the next phase in your marriage, in order to get to the next phase in life with your spouse. Well, can I stop you right there? Because yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. <laughs> Name two things. That you had to agree with me with that you did not at first or you had to come into an agreement. Well, for me, it was it was it was being friendly. My wife like, Chris, you cannot be friendly to women. <laughs> you know, you, you can't do that. You know wait what I'm saying? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did not think that was one that you was going to say. <laughs> but it's true. OK, let me let you go ahead and finish. But you I'm going to come behind that. It's go true. Ahead. It's true. It's true because in earlier before before I got married and everything, you know, I I was I was out there. Mm-hmm. I was I was out there. I was in the world, so I still had some stuff with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was still some stuff that I had to overcome. There was still some stuff that I had to be that I had to be delivered from. You know, and 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 I can say that because I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I had to come into agreement with my wife that there were some people that I couldn't entertain. There were some people I had to delete. There were some people I had to just have no dealings with because there was that familiarity there, you know. So mm. that's one. Ladies, <laughs> I know you can agree because we can see people from afar off and they don't have to necessarily do things or say certain things before we discern them, okay? I'm not talking about judging people. I'm talking about discerning people. And because my husband is very friendly, he is a people person. He does not meet strangers. We just came off of a trip, and he's on a plane talking to the people about cars that's sitting in his row. He did not want to turn and talk to me and these boys because he was having his own conversation, but that is who he is, and that's who I've had to learn who he he is. But if there's something that's coming his way that he may not can see, I will more than gladly tell him about it. But um, he definitely understands that now. He understands where I was coming from. It wasn't a jealousy thing. It was more of, I can see something that you can't. And what was another thing, sir? I'm thinking. Hadn't been too many things that we disagreed on. Hadn't been a whole lot. Um, Besides the, the disagreement to move to Texas was that was that was something she just had to grow into um i think it was more it was caught off i was caught off guard because god did tell me texas three years prior to that but i hadn't thought about it since until you said it and we weren't even together when god spoke texas to me and so 
for you to just call me and be like, I can't shake it. This is what it is. I'm like, not right now. It wasn't that I disagreed. It was just more of a, I'm not ready type thing. <laughs> Cause we had only been in Columbia. Hadn't even been a year yet. Right. Hadn't been a or, year or yet. almost a year. Not right. At, yeah. Cause it was in June. It was in June. No, we got, we got there in August. You got there in May. Yeah. We didn't get there until August. And so that for for that to me, it was like, okay, God did confirm it on one hand, but on the other hand, it was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> she not ready. <laughs> so no, she isn't ready. <laughs> so I just wasn't ready. It wasn't the fact that I disagreed. It was just more of it was a flesh thing. I'll say that. That I just wasn't ready. Yeah, there was a lot of other things that um you weren't ready for. Like what? You weren't ready to sell the house. Oh no, I was not. I was not. You weren't I, ready. You weren't ready to move to Columbia, much less Texas. You weren't well, ready. <laughs> and and that was one thing God told us, but we weren't ready we for it. We were not as, ready. As 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 a married couple, we weren't ready to move to Columbia, even though God had spoke Columbia. A like year before. Before we ended up actually moving. Um and at the time that we should have moved, we had everything at our fingertips. God had done supplied and given everything that we needed in order to get there and be successful there. But because we had waited, we missed right. that period. We missed that time and we had depleted what we had obtained. So that's another thing. You really have to, even though you can be in agreement against what God has spoken, you can also cause cause. You, your spouse, your family, the whole thing to be thrown off. Yes. Because with Columbia, God has spoken that three years prior, or at that time it was like two years prior. When we both were, we both knew what was about to happen, but we both was like, nah, what's the point? We're, we're, we're good right here. We got everything we need right here. We're good. When it came to the house situation, it was something that I knew that I had worked hard for. It was something that I knew that I it was my start over. I knew that it was a place that I could call mine. I knew that it was a place where, you know, at the end of the day, it was security. And okay. to sell the house was like giving up everything that I that I knew. Everything, everything that I that knew. Everything that she had worked for. Everything that I worked for, everything from that my she job, for. my job, not. my house, car, everything, everything that I had thought that I knew was mine or my security, God said, let it go. And I had a hard time with that, but eventually he won that fight. <laughs> and, um, you understand that everything that she had put her hands to that she yes. did herself, God took away. And I won't necessarily say I, I did it myself, but there was an independent spirit about me that was stronger than God's voice sometimes. I definitely let my flesh lead me in a way of, you got to do it. You did this. You did this. You did that. This is yours. And when nothing that I have or ever had belonged to me. I can honestly say that when I came into a full relationship with God, Everything that I had acquired disappeared. Everything that I had worked for, everything that I said was mine, everything that I gave me glory for, walked right mm. out of the door with my right out of the door with my relationship with the world. When I came into the acknowledgement of God, everything that I had prior to God was gone. 
But you know what? I think you going through yours before me led you to be able to minister to me about those things that I thought were mine. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, you, you'll be stupid if you give up your house. Or, you'll, you know, you're going to do that. You're going to move to Columbia. Y'all don't have no house. Y'all, you're going to stay in an apartment. You're going to go from a house to an apartment. And initially you're gonna go that. you from owning the rent? Yes. And initially that was my mindset. was like, why would I give up my house to go live in a rented space that will never be mine? That was, I believe that was the biggest hurdle as having an independent nature. But because of my relationship with my husband and my relationship with God, I came into agreement to say, okay, God, what's that song? Take everything. I don't want it and I don't need it. <laughs> and he took everything. But it was for my good. And I don't regret it. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> I don't I don't regret anything that I've done. And I can for surely say and tell anybody that I have to witness to that whatever you're giving up, trust me, you can't outbeat God's giving anyway. Whatever you're giving up can be replaced. If God say do it, all I can say is just do it. You know, it's it's worth more in weight to be obedient. Than it is in sacrifice to hold on to it. And I have definitely witnessed that scripture. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It truly is. Hands down. I can fast all day. And I can pray all day. But if I ain't obedient. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. That didn't even matter. It did not matter. So. That's what I would say. Don't let your place of comfort be your place of stagnant. And ruin your relationships. Don't let your place of comfort be your place of stagnation. Don't be stagnant in doing the things that God had called you to do for comfortability of where you are. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. And the relationships that you do have, the relationships that are God-ordained. Yes. Hold on to those relationships. Take care of them. Nourish those relationships. Speak life into those relationships because those relationships are worth living for, are worth loving for, are worth giving for, are worth taking for. They're worth every bit of their weight in gold. And don't take people for granted. Don't take your relationship with God for granted. And don't take your relationship with people for granted because you can't do anything without somebody. I don't care what you're doing right now, you're not doing it by yourself. You have what you have because of God, number one, but because of him sending someone else to be assistance to you. And they don't have to be there. Everybody's time is valuable. And you have to honor your time as well as their time, as well as the time that God gives all of us. And in the 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we all have the same amount of time to do what it is that he has called us to do. And so value your relationship because God values everything that he has created. And he definitely values you and what it is that he has called you to do, just like everybody in the Bible. They serve their purpose. They did what God called them to do or not. But at the end of the day, the power of agreement is what keeps going. Only difference between the Bible and your life is in the Bible it's recorded for everyone to read. Your life is a dash 
that only few get to see. But heaven is recording. So that concludes our Power of Agreement segment of True Dominion Ministries with Christopher and Latonya Stevens. Y'all have a blessed day.